Welcome to Always West Seattle, the podcast where the people, places, and stories of West Seattle come together. I'm your host, Keith Bacon. Quick reminder that you can find Always West Seattle on Facebook, a great place to share your comments and drop some likes if you're so inclined. Summer is drawing to a close, and even under our protective masks, you can sense a shift coming in just about every aspect of life. Hopefully, it'll be for the best and bring some good things our way. In this episode, we'll hear about what's good in West Seattle from three of our neighborhood regulars, starting with Jonica Strongman from the West Seattle Farmer's Market. I was at the market recently and noticed quite a few more vendors than when you first reopened. Is that correct? Yes. We have been able to add more vendors since we first reopened. Partially that is because of the city lifting the restriction on the maximum number of vendors in the market. And it also just looks so much more full because vendors are maximizing this booth space that they have because everyone is just bursting at the seams with so much more produce this time of year. So oh. it definitely feels like a very full market these days. And I also noticed uh, a section at the north end of the market with a big sign that read, What's Good? What is What's Good? So What's Good is a fairly new program that we started back in June. It is a pickup market. So basically anyone can order their market groceries on an app or online and they just come to the market. They avoid the line. They avoid any waiting to get in and then they just pick up the groceries that they ordered. So it pretty much contactless. The payment is done over this app or online through the platform, which is called What's Good. So we've partnered with them. It's been a an awesome platform to use for us because we're able to get a lot of our vendors signed onto it. It's pretty low cost for both shoppers and vendors. And then our staff just do the aggregation on site. So farms and small businesses will pull in and they'll drop off their orders for what's good that they got during the week. And then we have staff on site who put all of those orders together so that when a shopper shows up uh, to pick up, they have everything right there in, in a few bags that they can take with them. It's a really great option for anyone who doesn't want to wait in line or can't wait in line. Someone who's really trying to keep any sort of contact really, really low. Mm-hmm. People who don't have the time necessarily to uh, wait in line and shop the market. And I've been really impressed by it, how easy to use it is. I actually just used it about a week ago. So oh. it was very easy for for me to use. And I just chose my pickup time and dropped in. They had it all ready to go and it took me three minutes max. Wow. So it was very, very easy. That's great. And what sort of range of products or items would people find through What's Good? One of the advantages of the What's Good app is that we can offer space for more vendors to sell via the app Mm. than we have Base in the market for. So you will see vendors who are not usually at the West Seattle Farmers Market who are able to sell through that app. And that's really exciting because people get a little bit more selection. They may see a few people that 
they used to see at the market. One of those is a wood ring that used to make different pickled things and Mm -hmm. jams and things like that. And they haven't been at the market in over a year, but we still get people who bring their Parker's pickles jars back uh, looking for them. So wood ring is on the app now. And so there are a few different vendors that Um, are represented on that that are not in the market. So that's really exciting. It also goes the other way, though. There are a few vendors who are in the market who are not represented on that. And so sometimes that's just, uh, you know, logistical issues. It is really um, hard for some farms, depending on what their model is, to be able to make that transition. We are working with them to help make it a little bit easier. But for some people, it just doesn't work with how their business is or they're using other platforms or something to market online. So it's really great that you can find um, some new vendors on that platform. Mm-hmm. I would say we have a pretty wide range of products. We have orchard fruit, lots of different veggies, some bakeries, pasta, all the things that people have come to love from the market are all on there. All the hits. Yeah. And what's the deadline for people to place an order for pickup on a Sunday at the market? It is midnight on Friday. That seems like enough time. We always like to encourage people to order as soon as possible because it makes the job of like the farm putting those orders together so much easier. Yeah. It has been one of the barriers. Like if someone doesn't have staff that are in working on Saturdays, they aren't able to be on that platform. So don't wait till the last minute. Right. (laughs) Uh, So now that we know what's good, let's talk about what's in season at the market right now. We have a lot of orchard fruit. So we've got all of our stone fruit. This is like peak season for peaches. We've Mm. had them for a month or so now. So really exciting time for all of everyone's favorites of the summer. Mm -hmm. And then we will start to see more apples and pears coming in as we head into September. We will see Booth Canyon, one of our orchard vendors coming back into the market and they have those delicious pears. Oh yeah. We're seeing a lot of peppers coming in. We have Tonemaker and Alvarez are particularly known for their fantastic and very wide selection of peppers. Oh, cool. So this is the perfect time to uh, stock up on the hot peppers, sweet peppers, freeze your peppers, roast them (laughs) in the oven, do all of your pepper recipes right now. And of course, if anyone... uh, has a garden they know this too but zucchini is very plentiful at the market right now Mm -hmm. so zucchini also we have a a ton of tomatoes right now so it's one of the most exciting times of the year every farm is bursting at the seams with a lot of really great produce right now it is a great time to be eating (laughs) definitely the west seattle farmers market happens every sunday from 10 to 2 to learn more about the market and the what's good online ordering system visit seattlefarmersmarkets.org Next up is Eric Ogresek from Pegasus Book Exchange, who reveals where West Seattle readers have been focusing their attention, along with some recommendations for the fall, including two books and insider tips on local foraging. What's been hot with West Seattle readers over the summer? Boy, race relations, for sure. Books Mm -hmm. on race have been the biggest seller by far. Nothing's even close. Fiction, nonfiction living authors, dead authors of all different ethnicities, and it's been really good. We've learned a lot as booksellers about people that we we didn't really know about, that Mm. people have been asking for. 
And so that has definitely been big. How to be an anti-racist, probably the best-selling book we've had in a long time. We keep running out of stock of that. And then there's one called My Grandmother's Hands, which talks about racial trauma kind of passed down through, you know, different people and how you kind of inherit your ancestors' trauma. Mm -hmm. Uh, A beautiful book. And I'm glad the kind of people that are buying these books obviously have always been very sympathetic and open anyway, but I think they're learning a little bit more about other people that maybe they didn't know. It's one thing to be racially tolerant, and it's another to kind of understand why things are the way they are and how hard it is for folks that aren't, you know, white folks, honestly. Absolutely. Not to say some white people don't have problems either. You know, I think that's the big misnomer, and the people opposite of all of this always use that as, well, my life's hard too. Well, no one's denying that. No one's denying life's hard. But there are things set in place that make it substantially harder for certain folks, and I think we all know that. Some people just don't want to acknowledge that. That's good to hear that people are doing the work. Yeah, for sure. And that's why I like that anti-racist message. It's one thing to say you're not racist, but to be against it and these little steps you can take, you know, just from not allowing friends to make casually racist remarks and just being proactive anti-racist. And I think that's really the next step, and hopefully we can get to somewhere where the world will be a better place for most folks, you know? There's no reason why not. What else has been going on at the bookstore? What's popular with your local readers? Yeah, the the kids with graphic novels, their parents knew that it was hard for them, so they let them kind of relax and read graphic novels all summer, but now that everyone's getting ready to get back to school, (laughs) you can see the gears switching, and they're starting to get their required reading and all the stuff that they need to read, so... Definitely the switch is on. You can tell this is the least travel books we've ever sold this year. But honestly, in the last couple of weeks, we've sold a ton. So we're hearing a lot of customers just saying, you know what? I don't need to work work, uh, from the office anymore. I can work anywhere. So they're taking their kids and kind of traveling the country. Some Mm -hmm. lady, for four months, she's going around just visiting everywhere. She bought an RV and is just going to kind of sleep in that with her kids and visit all sorts of stuff. So West Seattle is definitely changing. We've noticed a lot of customers leaving West Seattle. They're trading in more books than we've ever had traded in. I mean, so many folks. Every week, two or three people who've shopped here 20 years are are leaving. And so they're trading in all their books. So we've had to now kind of minimize how much we're taking in because we're selling less, but we still want their stuff. So seriously, like last time I talked to you, it seems like every week something else changes, but it's fun. You know, we're flexible. We know you have to be in this business. So yeah, it's just exciting. Keeping your ear to the ground, you know, just listening to your customers and and modifying your business accordingly. Mm-hmm. That's what we're trying. What's a good book to pick up for the fall? Oh, yeah. I got a couple goodies for that. Frederick Bachman, the guy who wrote A Man Called Ova, a very popular book, is writing a book that basically sounds like an 80s movie. It's called Anxious People, where a would-be bank robber inadvertently basically takes eight neighbors hostage, and they all kind of get to talk and realize that their differences maybe aren't as, as big as they feel. So that one, a lot of people are looking for. We've pre-sold so many of this book. Hmm. So that uh, we're looking forward to. Me personally, I'm ready for the rain for many reasons. Living <laughs> on Alki, I know it'll clear a lot of people out. So. Yeah. But more importantly for me, mushrooms. And so that's definitely my <laughs> fall pick, All That the Rain Promises and More by David Aurora. It's my favorite book. I have six copies of it around the house, car, camping bags, even one stashed in a cabin in the woods that isn't my cabin. But I don't think the people will find it, and they don't mind. I don't go inside. <laughs> but anyhow, <laughs> you never know when you're going to need to identify a mushroom you're not aware of. But another one I've been carrying around is called Pacific Northwest Medicinal Plants by a guy named Scott Close. And he has just one of the best attitudes towards foraging I've ever seen anywhere. And it's 
kind of knowing the surrounding, not taking everything. Obviously, you you hear that a lot to not take everything you see. Yeah. But his is basically take one out of every four that you see, which if if you do, uh, you won't be taking very much. That leaves more for the animals, earth, other people who might want to harvest it. Mm-hmm. And just his general philosophy and use of these herbs is unparalleled. I haven't seen anyone else kind of treat the earth this way and still get a lot from it. It just teaches you to be patient. And it's honestly, I always thought I was good at it, much like being anti-racist. I always thought I was that. But Mm. when you hear these other steps you can take to make it even better for other foragers or animals, it's fascinating. Mm. I always thought trying to not tread in the same area is kind of better so that you don't knock down, you know, everything. But he says to kind of try to not retrace your steps fully, because the land can handle it, and it has forever. It can deal with elk walking through, but you will make a path if you walk the same trail every time. Right. Kind of just using the chi of the road or the the way the game trail goes. But, mm-hmm. uh, so I'm really looking forward to all the, after berries, a lot of the herbs I like come up, and we'll make our salves and cough syrups when the elderberries are up. Uh-huh. We, we haven't had a cold knock on wood in quite a long time and wow. I feel like a lot of it is because of using these native herbs and berries just our bodies really respond well to it I see. Awesome now I, I don't want to put you on the spot to reveal any of your uh, secret foraging locations but do you do foraging in West Seattle? Yeah I have yeah there's a few places there's actually a couple people's lawns that have a very unique type of mushroom uh, it's called Boletus barrosii, named after Chuck Barrows, who was a UW professor. And uh, people always thought this was a porcini, but in fact, it's just a different type of very edible bolete. And there's numerous yards in West Seattle, all near Lincoln Park and East, and a couple maybe even elsewhere. Those I won't tell you about, but I'll tell you <laughs> close to Lincoln Park there are a couple. If you look near the oak trees in particular, mm-hmm. they seem to love the giant oaks. So, yeah, and we found chanterelles in a couple places. Morels always pop up in people's gardens. We're always reluctant to take stuff from where we know people may have sprayed. Yeah. They do pull up all the hard metals, and that can be bad over time. It won't hurt you here and there, but you don't want to continually pick up stuff that has all those hard metals, yeah, especially herbs and stuff. Lincoln Park has just great stuff. Schmitz doesn't have too much diversity as far as herbs and, and berries and whatnot is concerned. But even the stuff around Lincoln Park and those little green pockets, we see a lot. And Mm -hmm. so that's quite fun. For more recommendations and updates on new arrivals, check out Pegasus Book Exchange on Facebook and Instagram. Finally, it's time to check in with Keisha Vaughn with some hot dish. We caught up right after Record Store Day and the Junction Sidewalk Sale, which brought a lot of familiar people and feelings back to the walkalways intersection at the heart of our neighborhood. What's good in your neighborhood? What's good in the hood? You know, this past weekend was record store day and just sitting outside in the street that was blocked off and kind of felt like you were in another city. Mm-hmm. And then also kind of felt, you know, this like nostalgia of being in that place when things weren't as chaotic or as they are now and seeing a lot of familiar faces that I haven't seen during this whole time and feeling joyful, which I feel like now it's like anytime I ask you what's good, there's a part of you that feels bad if you said like, oh, I'm great, actually. You know, it's like, <laughs> we're all supposed to be still kind of miserable, <laughs> you know, 
And it's, the reality is I can find a time every day to be in my field about what's going on still and continuing to like go through this karmic experience of our country. Mm-hmm. But the reality is I have to keep kind of pushing forward for my family and for myself and feeling okay saying like this actually was a moment that was really lovely like just to sit outside and drink coffee and see people walking around the neighborhood and you know all the merchants have their sidewalk sales going Mm -hmm. and people just wanted to be able to check in with their favorite stores and their favorite shops and the convenience of it all being kind of outside felt safe for people to be navigating through the neighborhood and the street so yeah I think that's been one of the hardest parts for a lot of people in West Seattle is that we are this very Mm -hmm. tight knit community who haven't been Mm -hmm. able to be tight knit. Exactly. All of our community gathering things, you know, Summerfest and, you know, the farmer's market was brought back to life, but it's a very different experience than what it used to be and what it uh, meant to the community. So to have Record Store Day happen after so many things have been canceled, I mean, it it seems Mm -hmm. like, oh, Oh, it's record store day, but that it's kind of a big deal. Very. I mean, seeing people who were, you know, respecting like this six foot apart rule, but so willing to just be outside, you know, sitting in their camper chair, waiting patiently just to get inside to have that feeling of like, oh, it's you know, it's trick or treating. It's you know, <laughs> being able to just go to these places that you care about and you want to support. And especially right now where, you know, we are our accidental island and it's what you hope is the retail and the shops and the businesses continue to give us opportunities to feel like there's things for us to do to feel empowered or excited or, you know, optimistic about what we're, we're getting from our neighborhood. Yeah. And did you see a lot of your old regulars from when you were doing shifts at the cafe and things like that? I did. I did. And when you're choosing to like get in these opportunities to be out and about and it's you're kind of cautious of like, oh, I, ooh, do we hug? No, we're not hugging. Oh, uh, do I feel good about like pulling my mask down or we're doing that? You know, it's like that kind of weird transaction of your comfort level now to interact with people that you've known and trusted before. But now it's so strange, that film of just of the unknown, you know, mm-hmm. and to see some of, you know, these individuals that I haven't seen in so long. And normally I would, you know, give them a hug or a high five or a fist bump. And, <laughs> you know, I, I feel like even seeing me for some of them was probably this little, like, you know, reaching out glimpse of, Oh my goodness. Like, Oh, this life that we used to live was so <laughs> beautiful. And, you know, and most of them haven't changed. And yeah. Some of them are, you know, a, a little bit different, rightfully so. But I, I mean, I found myself wanting to like clean the tables and, and did like went and started grabbing plates and things like mm-hmm. that. And just being like, oh, I miss busting tables. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny also, you do see an old friend or someone that you just used to see on the regular. And what I have kind of been enjoying is just seeing how people choose to to express themselves through masks. I know, no, I, and one of one of our customers made some masks and gave me a couple. I was like, oh, I actually kind of like the fit of these better than anything I had been rocking. Mm-hmm. But I feel like my current mask game has not been strong. It's very basic, and <laughs> I felt like I was 
you know, had a cute one that I made and then I would look online and then part of me would just think, is this how much a mask is? What's the right price for a mask? Yeah. What's fair, a fair price for a mask? And then now it's like, you know, it's like having like a check, like, you know, I don't want anyone to enjoy my check. I'm not giving fancy checks. Like, <laughs> it just needs biz- basic business. And now I've been taking that approach with my mask. Like, I don't want you to enjoy my mask. <laughs> and, but now, of course, I've got like a chain on it and I'm adding buttons. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's making friends with, you know, your, your situation and being like, this is an opportunity for me to have some fun and mm-hmm. kind of show a part of my personality and you know there's masks that you see that make you smile and ones that kind of make you scared and <laughs> you know i would like to be just an extension of myself with that yeah so. it's also kind of strange with the people that you don't know like i've been going to physical therapy at this place tangelo down uh in the lower part of the junction and working with a, the same doctor and physical therapist for like two months now and I've never mm-hmm. seen their faces, you know. <laughs> like, like. I know, right? <laughs> and it's like you're—it's—it's it's so strange because you're kind of wondering, like, I wonder what your mouth looks like. I mean, it's so kind of like mysterious and sensual and kinky, and you know. Then sometimes you see them, like, oh, okay, yeah. I don't know if I was expecting that. I went to their website to look at their headshots, and I was like, that—that that doesn't look—that's them. Like it was kind of funny. <laughs> I know, and it's, it's amazing how all the parts of your face really do play a part in the makeup of you. I mean, mm-hmm. I was, you know, for a second, I was like, I'm glad, like, my eyes are my thing. I can be smizing all over the place. <laughs> smizing has never been more important. Smizing has never been more important. I hope the tire copyrighted that. Or... <laughs> That's it for this episode of Always West Seattle. If you like what you heard, please share with your friends and be sure to subscribe. And please follow us on Facebook for updates. I'm Keith Bacon. Thanks for listening.